The Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast is brought to you by Flashes O-Fun Photography. High school seniors and juniors in the Jonathan Alder, London, Hilliard, Dublin, or Marysville school districts become a Flashes O-Fun ambassador, and you could win a free senior session. Imagine saving your parents thousands on your senior pictures. Hey, you might get a big screen TV out of it for your dorm room. You might get an Amazon gift card, cash prizes. You'll definitely become an Instagram star. Go to Flashes O Fun Instagram page or their website, flashesofun.com, for details. Flashesofun.com. on the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. Ohio State was scheduled to play Nebraska and Illinois from the West. So that leaves Iowa, Iowa, Wisconsin, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Minnesota, and Northwestern. So you're going to pick up two of those. Do you have a preference on who you pick up? What games would be you mo- find most compelling? Ohio State against two of those four. I was always been a nemesis. Yeah. They're always I want Iowa. surprise. So that, that would be one that is interesting to me. And Sky Uma, Row Your Boat is, I'm with is, you. is interesting yeah. to me because he's got a pretty good program running right now. He does have a good program yeah. running right now. But we still don't know. That was a Friday. You're, exactly you're of the podcast. opinion they're not going to play. I just kind of feel that way, but uh, we'll decide uh, There's no way. your reasons. On a Monday edition of the We Tackle Life podcast, August the 3rd, you've, uh, about 6.45 in the morning, we have a mystery and an adventure we already do. this morning. What's the mystery? The mystery is why my phone is uh, blacklisting me. your text message. You're like Twitter. Yeah. I, I try to get a Jack Dorsey in me. I've got news. I'm trying to help you. I've been a journalist the past you have been. week. I, You've been I, updating I have to, me on all your coronavirus scoopage. I have to do people's research for them. <laughs> it's just it gets well, How many very times annoying. did you text me yesterday and this morning? Uh, twice and called three or four times because I needed something from you, but you didn't pick up. But, hey, that's nothing new. But <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but... Uh, you texted me three or four times yesterday, and I showed you my phone. I don't have any of the texts. Yeah. So that's the mystery, the adventure. We had a horse out this morning here at the Hinterlands. <laughs> Not out too far, uh, just uh, out in the yard eating grass, because that's how much vim and vigor that horse has. <laughs> Take off down the... I thought, should I wait for Spiels to come to help road? me get the horse in? Would you have helped me no, get the horse in? You would have just stood and watched I'll me be, I'll be in the, the car. Horse. Trying to stay safe from a wild horse. Yes. All right. We got to get to the news right at the top of the show. There are widespread reports from NFL types that your brother Rick Spielman is close to a contract extension with the Minnesota Vikings. Can you confirm, deny, or no comment that? I, it's already been reported, so I can confirm it. And uh, I don't know the terms of the contract. I haven't talked to him about that. Uh, I do know that I think it's the right move for Mike Zimmer to sign a new contract and Rick to sign a new contract because we know usually the teams with the most stable organizations tend to do well. And so uh, hopefully they're in a little bit of a rebuild, kind of a rebuild, at least on the defensive side of the ball. They've kept their core group of players together. they got to make tough decisions like everybody does. 
on <clears throat> veteran players, and they made some, letting their corners go, drafting new corners, having corners coming off of IR. So we'll see. And uh, Linville Joseph was a the guy they let go. Uh, Stephon Diggs was a guy that they traded. Uh, I don't. I think that was a mutual parting of ways. Uh, Stephon wasn't happy, uh, so they shipped him off to Buffalo. They got a first-round pick, and with that first-round pick, they picked up their receiver that they wanted was the Justin Jefferson kid out of LSU. Mm-hmm. It should be a should be a stud. We'll see. You never know with the uh, thing. But you know, one of the things interesting about that is anytime you're in a business like Rick's in or like you and I are in with the media, you know, you tend to operate it two or three years at a time, mm-hmm. right? It's just anytime you can restart the clock on a contract, that's a pretty good day. So I'm I'm happy for him. I'm happy for his family and uh, good for him, man. He's worked very hard and some people think he's done a great job. Some, some people hate him. Well, that's good. At least they're not lukewarm. That's Very right. biblical, you Very know. Biblical. <laughs> yeah. you don't well, want... I'm stunned. He's been the GM since 2012. Yeah, gone fast. That's got to be a long time to be an NFL GM. How yeah. many guys have been the GM of their team longer than that? Yeah, I yeah, that's Other true. Other than Bill Belichick. Well, I think the, again, you're talking about uh, stability and. You know they they've got to be able to make the playoffs back to back years, and last year was a, I think a big step in going to New Orleans and and beating the Saints on the road, mm-hmm. which was a huge win for them, a big upset. I think it was a big upset. It was. I had no idea that the Vikings were able to do that, but uh, who knows? And look, regardless of what you say about Kirk Cousins, you know uh, Kirk Cousins' as numbers are pretty darn good, yeah. and so. We'll see. He's got to be able to keep winning, and winning in prime time is the big thing that Kirk Cousins struggles with. I think last year, going to New Orleans and winning that game, uh, maybe that'll get him over the hump. I know they got a big contract dispute coming up with Dalvin Cook, and that's the old running back thing. How much do you pay him? How or for how long do you pay him? Now Dalvin Cook's going into his fourth year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does not have a fifth-year option because people forget that Dalvin Cook was picked up in the second round. That's right. Savvy pick. And, and not the first round. So I, I got a feeling something would get done there. Um, I think he's still young enough, and I don't know the length of the terms, but you and I are in agreement that we both think that you know you don't overpay for yeah, running I, backs. I've and, said you don't give a running back a second contract. And, well, I, I – the, I, he uh, sat out a year. He was injured. He's right. been injured. That's another thing is what one of the, his issues is yeah. durability, right? And so we'll see. But I think he is a valuable part of that uh, offense. And obviously Dalvin Cook, the one thing I like about him, and there's not every running – you can't say this about every running back in the league, that Dalvin Cook with his speed has a chance to go the distance every time he, he gets does. the ball in his hands. Like He's not going to get walked by uh, – by uh, defensive backs from behind. Usually he doesn't. Uh, I've done a number of Vikings games, and he does have that that long gain or uh, ability to go 80 yards without getting caught from behind. So we'll see, but he's you know, they'll be fine. I think the Vikings are always going to be pretty solid. Uh, I was just the, the other point I wanted to make about Kurt Cousins. I mean, Rick was roundly criticized. He was for. Uh, signing Kirk Cousins to a guaranteed contract, what well, worked out for both, and you look at the contract numbers and they get a quarterback that plays at the level of Kirk Cousins. Right now, they got Kirk Cousins that some people, uh, I've heard it reported, call it kind of a bargain deal. I mean, that's just just the way it is. And so you have to be able to, in that position, and you know the thing that um, 
he's learned is uh, I think he's trust everybody around him. He's a guy that's very detailed and, and that never makes an uneducated uh, decision, but he's learned to uh, talking about Rick. Now. Yeah, do a good job of, of delegating responsibility and, and understanding in order to lead. You have to get out of the way sometimes and let the people that you hire do their job. And I think that's been a growth process of his over the past five or six years. And maybe he didn't have that when he first got into this position. Well, uh, you know, I'm not admittedly and I'm not unbiased when it comes to Rick Spielman. I've advocated for him to be given the keys to the kingdom in Cleveland many times when the job's been open. They've never done it. Uh, now we at least have a Rick Spielman influence with Kevin Stefanski being there. Uh, we almost had a double Rick Spielman influence because Rick's right-hand man is at George, George Pay- Payton. Payton? Yes. It's spelled like Patton, though, right? Yeah, P-A-T-O-N. Oh, P-A-T-O-N. Okay, yeah. I thought there was a second T in there. So, yeah, I'm, I mean, obviously, Rick's stolen two running backs in the draft. Now, Adrian Peterson was a first-round pick, but he was like, what, seventh or eighth? All right, sixth or seventh, Yes. And then Dalvin Cook, who went in the second round because there were some questions about his character. Character, yeah. Uh, you know, I've said never give a running back a second contract. If you've got a guy who's only on a four-year deal because he was not a first-rounder and he sat out an entire season, then he's a little younger in right. running back years than he is in a typical guy who you'd come in and hand it to, you know, 200 times for right. four years. But uh, And Rick's... Found Adam Thielen. Stephon Diggs was a fifth round pick. Stephon Diggs, Daniel Hunter was a third round pick. So, so he's had some hits, you know, yeah, in those rounds misses, that differentiate but, yeah, you. But, yeah. I, but he's also, I think, done a pretty darn good job. It, it, I had, a, I got a funny story real quick if we have time when, because Rick would be mad that we're talking about him. But it's funny. I was at a, a CVS, a local CVS, mm-hmm. near my ha- uh, house in. Uh, <laughs> I walk in, I had a Viking shirt on, right? And uh, and that's why another reason why I'm glad, by the way, because now I don't have to burn all my Minnesota Viking yeah, gear. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, but I walk in, and this guy behind the counter that's working there goes, Skull! You know, I, I, Skull. I, so I look down, and, you know, Skull's a chant that the Vikings do. That's right. Uh, and he starts rattling off all this stuff about the Vikings. So I have the mask on, I have a hat on, so he... I don't know if he would recognize me or not. And um, uh, I come up to the counter, and he's still going on about the Vikings. And, you know, man, Michael Pierce is sitting out. That was their big free agent acquisition. And I kind of said, yeah, you know, he's probably 340, 350, and, you know, he has asthma, so he might be a little bit concerned. And this is a good segue into the next point I want to bring up. Mm-hmm. And um, he goes, yeah, but that's all right. We we get him back next year because the contract carries over, right? So sure. they get another year sure. uh, added on to his contract. And I said, yeah, man, if they can just find a GM, you know, because <laughs> I wanted to see this guy's reaction. It was kind of a, like an informal yeah, pull. Tested. Yeah, it was. And and my wife Carrie was there, and uh, the guy goes, "What are you talking about?" That guy can draft, man. He 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 does awesome in the draft. And, he said, uh, and I was walking out the door. And then I think Kerry told him who I was because he walked out and said, "Oh, you're uh, Chris, and all you know, yeah. you know, go Bucks and the whole shooting match right, you right, get right. with that." So that's so, funny. That's a great comeback by yeah, you. Yeah. If you could only get a GM. <laughs> yeah, but uh, uh, but th- we talked about Michael Pierce opting out. You know, here's something that's a little bothersome to me, and it's a moral question. Mm-hmm. 
And I think I know where you would go. I do. Um, and I don't begrudge anybody for opting out if it is for medical reasons. For example, Nate Solder, offensive tackle for the New York Giants, is opting out. Nate's a cancer survivor, and plus he has a son with the uh, autoimmune uh, issues, mm -hmm. I believe. Mm -hmm. uh, John Connor, pit running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers, cancer survivor. James Connor. James Connor, thank yeah. you. John Connor, uh, of course, would be from the Terminator, I believe. But anyway. That's right. It would, yes. be, <laughs> would be from <laughs> the Terminator. One, two, and who knows but, how many uh, but, others. But James uh, is decided to play. Now, I, I understand there's different cancers and different things that you have to deal with, right? So, and, Or if guys with asthma or guys with heart conditions or whatever, and they get nervous or they you know, can't separate themselves during the season from a vulnerable family member or an elderly family member, Okay, opt out. It doesn't hurt the team in a sense because it carries over into next year. So, you know, you get that player for another year. Mm -hmm. Where I have a problem is what we're doing now is we're having a bunch of guys. And if you look at the list, there's a couple big names on the list, right? But there's also a bunch of guys that aren't going to make the team. Mm -hmm. So they know they're not making the team. Yeah. So they're taking the money and walking away. They're taking $150,000 and walking away. Now they're supposed to pay that back the following year. I don't think they will because I don't think the NFL is going to sit there and hire uh, bounty hunters to go collect. Yeah, that's a lot the, of lawyering. Yeah, the, the money. So if you were a free agent and they offered you an opt-out and in the contract, it's legal for you to take that opt-out, but you know you're doing it for purely money and not the spirit of the rule, would you do it? No. Yeah. No, I'd live to my contract. They found a loophole in their game in the system, and I think it, it stinks, and I, I don't know if I would do that. I know you wouldn't do that. I know you will do this, yeah. the uh, ALS Legends of Ohio State Football Ice Bucket Challenge. Mark it on your calendars, folks. Sunday, this coming Sunday at noon on YouTube. Uh, Mr. Spielman is the MC of an event that will include Urban Meyer, Jim Trestle, John Cooper, and representing Earl Bruce and Woody Hayes is uh, former Buckeye and former Columbus Mayor Greg Lashutka. It is designed to raise money for ALS research. ALS, also known as Lou Gehrig's disease, is the disease that afflicts William White. And so mark that on your calendars, we noon just, on Sunday. We just lost a... Uh, uh, Great player from Oklahoma, Ricky Dixon. Mm, came I remember out the Ricky same Dixon. College in the, uh, he played with Boz. Yeah, uh, number one draft pick. Um, just passed away at age fifty-three. Right of ALS, oh, and so it's it's a devastating disease. And that's again, um, William. We talked about this a little bit last week. William's uh, strength and determination and spirit is just amazing, and how he lives his life without fear. He is, uh, I don't know if I could do it like he does it. And so I just commend him. And anytime he asks me to do something, and William is living in the Buckeye spirit as far as regarding to paying forward, because he probably understands that there's a pretty good chance that whatever research is done or whatever things they can do from this probably is not going to help him, but hopefully it'll help future generations that are afflicted with this uh, challenge. Yeah, ALS. And, you know, um, no one wants to to die early, um, 
but you hope that you live your life in such a way that you make a huge impact. William has certainly done that. Uh, if he beats the disease, awesome. Um, yesterday, the news came that Detroit radio sports radio host Jamie Samuelson passed away at age, I believe, 48, 48. Yeah. from colon cancer. I did not know Jamie, but I know very well people who worked with Jamie, two guys, Bob Wanowski, Jimmy Powers, um, and both of them, and Bob's column in the Detroit News was makes you wish you knew Jamie Samuelson, yeah. which is a high praise. And, you know, our hearts go out to his uh, wife and their children. It's and, hard. You know, they say colonoscopy at age 50, but sometimes that's not uh, soon enough. No, so. it depends. Uh, and I can't emphasize enough to get those. And, and you know, I had to, I, my dad had colon cancer, so I started getting them at like 45, mm-hmm. and I had polyps, and I go every three to five years. And that's one, one cancer that can be prevented. Mm-hmm. Just get a colonoscopy. Yeah. Uh, so. Okay, so we want to remind you, obviously, that uh, we said Friday we'd have a Big Ten schedule. We don't have a Big Ten schedule yet. Uh, Big Ten, f- supposedly in the next five days. <laughs> no hurry, fellas. August 7th, the uh, mm-hmm. the real work of fall camp is set to begin. I just feel like the delays are a bad sign, and I just think that well. the season is uh, tenuous. And uh, the college football media, I will say, is trying to push – for no season. I know they'll all say, no, 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 no. But the college football media could look at the data and interpret it uh, positively. They do not. There are many uh, hysterical reporters out there who are either scared of it themselves or what, prone what, to what activism. Is going on? I, I don't know. I'm just, I, you know. I, I really think it's that it's their opportunity to seem like they're being heroic and taking a stand on something besides sports. It's like, oh my gosh. Well, I'm look, out of sport. here's the thing. Yeah, I mean, you know this world. I, I don't do. I don't I'm understand these guys. I, I, I was I was texting last night with uh former Penn State lineman uh, Jeff Hardings, who I wrote about on PressProsMagazine.com middle of last week. Jeff is the local high school football coach who termed the City of Columbus City Schools' decision to go to remote learning selfish and extreme. Jeff has a heart for people. Uh, and Well, Jeff's served six years in the inner city ministry, so he understands the climate. Jeff's adopted uh, three, I believe, minority children. Mm-hmm. So he's putting his – he's walking the walk right. big time. And he's like, I just don't understand this. And I said, it doesn't take any courage at all to say no, to be cautious. It takes no courage at all to come down on the caution side of this. It takes extreme courage and leadership and conviction to be the first one to stand up and say, we're playing. We're playing. Whatever the lawyers tell us, we don't care. We saw the lawyers are intimately involved in this. You knew they were. Hilliard City Schools confirmed that late last week when they came out middle of the week and said no high school sports. Then the next day, no doubt in response to parents, you know, inundating them with complaints, said after consulting our attorneys, we're willing to have sports in the what the estate deems non-contact sports, golf, tennis, and volleyball. Mm-hmm. 
So they admitted the lawyers are involved, which we all knew, but nobody was confirming. So I, I applaud their honesty. You know. Well, all, all doctors are always going to say, well, is there a risk? Yes. So Not Robert is. Redfield, not the head of the CDC. No. Not no. the guy who started the Maryland School of Virology. Yeah. Robert Redfield says we need to be in school because kids, here's the thing. Teachers and school administrators are required to be sexual abu abuse reporters. Mm -hmm. They have to report any uh, suspicion of sexual abuse to the proper authorities. So if you don't have kids in school and they don't have interactions with teachers, that's going to go by the wayside. Mm -hmm. um, but I will say this. Yesterday I was talking with a teacher, and she's a, she's a very um, um, invested teacher, and she said, don't assume that if we say the kids are back in school that it'll be what it was before because then we're going to have to try to monitor mask wearing and social distancing and all that. And see, I'm, I'm in the extreme courage area. Mm -hmm. I look at the numbers, and in Ohio we got 3 million kids, 0 to 18. 207 have been hospitalized. 207 hospitalized, that's less than one-tenth of 1%. One and I say... Let them go back and let them do it like they've always done it. Then the argument is, well, they're going to go home and take it to their parents and grandparents. There's research that shows they're not the ones people are catching it from. Yeah. I, I here's, here's something I saw yesterday that if, I believe it's five governors had not issued the order to put positive COVID patients back in nursing homes the death numbers from COVID would be right in line with the flu. It would just be another different strain of the flu. And I know people say, it's not the flu, it's not the flu. There are aspects of it that are not the flu, and there are aspects of it that are the flu. But the death numbers have, been, have skyrocketed because we put old people with less ability to fight off any infection, mm -hmm. any disease, back in nursing homes where it became a super spreader and it devastated sure. those areas in New York, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. I forget the fifth state. Yeah, well, Columbus had Massachusetts. It, uh, and Ohio's had its share of nursing. 70% yeah. of the deaths yeah. in the state of Ohio have been in L LTCs, long-term care facilities. Um, I had a uh, conversation with a person yesterday. Mm-hmm. And, We're going down the high school sports road here? Uh, it's kind of everything's. Okay. Uh, and um, he's kind of on, the on I guess, our side, but he's walking the middle. Okay. Okay. Um, here you go. I'll start it. And I just want to see. This is, uh, I sent this um, article to him. Is this a... A friend? Is this it's just a, friend. a person a of friend. influence? Yeah, it's a, is fr it, it's a, a friend. Okay, okay, just a friend. Uh, 22 states where COVID-19 is spreading fastest and slowest. Ohio's one of the 11 uh, slowest spreading states. Okay. That R number, that R not number they talk about all the time, yeah. is under one. It's at 0.93, right? Okay. And out, when I back when I was watching Mr. DeWine's press conferences, which I now do not watch because I don't trust anything that's said, back when I was watching those, the whole goal from everything from the time I did that public service announcement mm -hmm. was to flatten the curve, 
which we did. Uh, keep hospitals uh, from being overwhelmed, mm-hmm. which I've given you stats and graphs and all kind of pretty pictures. I got numbers on that if you want them. Yeah, give it to give the people doc. what they want. Yeah. Uh, as of yesterday, one of the major health systems in Ohio had 108 cases of COVID, uh, bed capacity 2,700, ICU uh, admissions down significantly four on Friday. Mm-hmm. So they got 2,700 beds. They got 108 cases requiring hospitalization. Yeah, and, and you know, the reported cases and how much how much of that is being legacied in, right, from re- new cases. Uh, yeah, the guy was tested <laughs> July third yeah do you i do you understand that i, I mean I, that just makes me so angry because it's not truth it's manipulation and he then he texts me back i said ohio's amongst the slowest he said yes the mandating of wearing masks has helped a lot then i said then if masks work open it all up he said we are opened we opened everything everything's open Exception is, the, of course, the large gatherings. I said, oh, really? Schools? Sports? Mask it up and let it rip. This is me talking. The goal, I thought, was to flatten the curve, protect hospitals, and keep the R number at one or less. That's what we've done. You are correct, sir. Every This is me. You are correct. Everything is open with restrictions. With I mean, yeah, with, with restrictions. Um. Then there's concern, and then we talk about we're getting in this argument about litigation. This goes to schools and mm-hmm. stuff. And mm-hmm. uh, I said, litigation threatens the mental and physical well-being of millions of kids. It's it's time, and you can't let that happen. You can't let that get the way, get in the way. And um, so we kind of left it at that. But I understand litigation and the threat of litigation and why schools are trying to see why it you, you you're perfect. You hit it right on the head last week when you tweeted out that Hilliard City Schools after consulting with our legal team, so everything's a legal team. So I don't know Everything. if there's anything from a legislative point of view that you can do that you can protect schools, coaches, players from being sued. I hope hopefully there is, so that we can progress and move forward but you know it's i'm to the point where just do what you want to do i just for the life of me don't understand if you don't want to teach don't teach take the year off Mm -hmm. take the year off don't don't go to school don't don't do anything take the year off and do what you have to do but do not uh force your unwillingness to take a minor risk with a 99.7% survival rate where a chance of a child dying of covid is one not this I'm not pulling this out of the air it's one in 1 million yeah and and we're not we're shutting these things down now look at and it's not because it's it's not a republican or democrat thing it's not a conservative or liberal thing what is very concerning is the other uh, footnote I sent you on the amount of suicides that the CDC director himself has yep. said it can be a pandemic. The amount of drug abuse. 
Um, in your article that you wrote with Bobby Hoyne and Jim Lachey and mm-hmm. Jeff Hardings, mm-hmm. I believe the coach was from Coldwater. Chip Otten, yes, sir. And he said, you, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I'll paraphrase. He said that, where do you think these kids are going to go? What do you think they're going to do? That's right. Do you think they're going to go home and isolate? Do you think they're going to go home and, and quarantine themselves? Or do you think they're going to be kids and, and, and find idle hands or, or dangerous? Pretty much. That's what he said. He said they're going to do something. They're not going to be apart. They're going to get together. Vaping is going to go up. Drinking is going to go up. Partying is going to go up. Unintended consequences. So, um, I mean, yeah. I, 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 so that's what you have to. Of course, there's risk on the COVID side. But the, the bigger and more dangerous risk, statistically, data. Why, I don't understand why people just look. Uh, it's an easy decision. Yeah, that's what Jeff Harding's called the parallel pandemic. And it's an easy decision. I'm with him on that. Uh, we want to remind you that if you are facing a lot of decisions that are not easy, as a small business owner, auiinfo.com can simplify your reboot to business as normal, whether it's lining up health insurance for your employees, whether it is helping you with the ever-changing, ever restrictive, hopefully soon to be loosening state guidelines on how businesses can open. AUIinfo.com can help you with compliance issues, HR issues, health insurance issues. They are the small business's friend because they are a small business themselves with 17 employees. They are located in Akron, but they are licensed to serve your business if you are anywhere in the state of Ohio. Call is free, consultation free, AUI compensated by the companies it does business with, not by you. So make sure that you bookmark that web address, auiinfo.com. Talk with Chrissy, talk with Julie, their HR expert, talk with Steve, talk with any of their fine people, and you will talk with them because once you forge a relationship with AUI, it is a long-lasting relationship. They continue to help you become educated through what they call AUI University, auiinfo.com, auiinfo.com. Dot com. Uh, would you like today's uh, best example of, uh, uh, let's see, agenda-based media reporting? Yeah, ESPN.com, ladies and gentlemen. A group of Pac-12 football players from multiple schools is threatening to opt out of both preseason camps and games until its negotiations with the league regarding concerns about racial injustice and their safety during the coronavirus pandemic and other demands are completed. So that's the lead. And I'm like, wow, a group of Pac-12 football players from multiple schools. Okay, so I'm like reading down, how many players? I'm curious to know how many players. Second paragraph, a text message obtained by ESPN, group's goal, blah, blah, blah. Third paragraph, the group's list of demands according to the text message, blah, 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 blah. Fourth paragraph, people familiar with the group's mission told ESPN. Fifth paragraph, on Sunday, players issued their concerns through the Players' Tribune. Hashtag, got to have a hashtag. If you're going to get anything done in this society, if you don't have a hashtag, you better start over. Hashtag, we are united. Hashtag, I want a season. Hashtag, Hashtag I want a season. alone together. Yes. Hashtag, Uh. BS flows freely throughout (laughs) our society with lies and fear. Six paragraph. I'm, I'm, I'm still looking. How many players? How many schools? I'm in the sixth paragraph. Among the demands are protections for eligibility, better standards, keeping existing sports, blah, 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 reduce pay for coaches. Okay. How, still Bruce wants to know. How many players? 
Seventh paragraph, Pac-12 said in a statement, yet to hear from the group. Eighth paragraph, uh, quote from the Pac-12. Now we're down to paragraph number nine. Uh, they quote some guy assisting the players in organizing. Staff member, this is the 10th paragraph, staff member to Pac-12 football. The movement is real and involves and involves potentially hundreds of players. Okay, well, now I'm really intrigued. How many players? Uh, Next paragraph, a UCLA player said Bruins team leaders plan to meet and discuss, boycott, person familiar. Next leave. paragraph, on and on and on. Among the players' concerns being brought back to campus, blah, blah, blah. Friday, Pac-12 approved 10 on gap. I'm still going. I'm still want to know how many players, how many schools. Larry Scott, commissioner, may not be possible to play 10 games. Still don't know how many players. Still don't know how many schools. Another quote from Larry Scott. Half the league schools are located in states with surging coronavirus cases. I'm still looking. Hot spots, delayed start. That's a blah, lie. Blah, blah. Uh, start. Uh, finally, that's it. The story ends. No number of players in the group ever given. No number of schools ever given. So I got to go look in the LA Times and I find out 13 players in a 12-team league. Enough guys to barely field an offense or a defense. 13 but players. But writes about it. Uh, potentially hundreds of players. I mean, come on with this. They want, first of all, one of their most ridiculous demand is they want 50% of their Good revenue. Luck with that. They want 50% of the revenue. Okay, you pay well, 50% of the bills. Here's a little problem with wanting 50% of the revenue. And Chris and I are all for name, image, and likeness That's, and giving players yeah, stipends and all that. Name, image, and likeness is all about it. The 50% the of the revenue to the sports that are profitable, football and men's basketball, would be a violation of Title Nine, yeah. Because <laughs> female sports have to get everything men's sports get, and if yep. you give men fifty in two sports, and you got to give by federal law fifty percent to the female sports, you have no money left to do anything. Yeah. So a group of players, I still don't know how many schools. I guarantee you it's not more than three. No. So it's and it's ahead, and it's please. Washington and I found out the real ringleaders of this are at Washington State, which is like the Rutgers of the Pac-12. I yeah, mean, just get rid of them. Go, go, see ya. Go, 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 do it. So one guy said he opted out. A player at Washington State said he's going to opt out, and then he reported to a, a newspaper that my locker was cleaned out. Everything was thrown out of my locker. And this was like, oh, they're, you know, some nefarious what do you think activity on the part of Washington State. Well, if you opt out in the middle of a pandemic, they're going to remove your stuff in case you're COVID positive. Yeah. Maybe they think you're opting out because you're COVID positive and they don't want your stuff around or to you infect around. other people. And you've opted out. So if you've opted out why are you upset that they have removed your stuff right. so that you can be opted out yeah but everything it's, it's so is a scheme everything is a conspiracy look i mean i want the players to be safe players are being the players are safer i'm going to tell you right now safer now than they've there ever been. are a, there are are not even 1% of players 
who come from backgrounds affluent enough across Division One. Not even one percent of players who would be safer on their own than they will be that, in yeah, a regimented really, testing. That's a great protocol. Point. If you really want, if you're really concerned about player safety, then you'd have them there. All Who's there keep them safe with the it? medical staff, free testing, free this, free. Who's going to keep nutrition, them everything? Who's going to keep them safer? So Nobody. it's all a bunch of crap. It all is just a bunch of noise. And and it's all comes down, and I am one hundred thousand percent convinced that the reason why maybe the Big Ten delayed its announcement, it's I'm just I think it's all posturing because the reason being is nobody wants to get sued, and they're buying time not to get sued. That's it. And until they get that clearance, they're going to keep pushing it and all this. Uh, I think it's going to come to a point where it's that. they're not going to be able to you have to sign a waiver if you don't want to sign a waiver then you don't play you do that with the concussion thing that's what you do they're going and so it's all about getting sued it's nothing about safety and all that crap because if it were about safety then every person and I've been saying this word these two words a lot that are intellectually honest mm-hmm. would say of course the players are safer I wish somebody would say that the way we take care of our players, they're safer with us than away from us. I said that about Macy. I said yeah. she's safer at Bowling Green than she is at um, home and going out with friends and, and trying to live life. She's yeah. safer at Bowling Green because they're testing or taking all the necessary precautions. One of the girls had COVID, so they isolated her. They come home for a week. They go back up. They're safer up there. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think that I, I still, you know. No symptoms, nothing. Negative test and a positive test. Shut everything down. You know, what, what, fine, okay. Come sit out for a week and go back up and do your thing. Uh, there are good law firms out there, and we are sponsored by one of them, Willis Spangler Starling Attorneys in Hilliard. They are a full-service law firm. They can handle workers' compensation, personal injury, wills and estate planning, anything and everything you might encounter in the course of your life. Uh, now that you've arrived and you have uh, the home you want, the job you want, uh, safely uh, provided for your family's financial future, you need your legal rights protected at all times, and it pays to have someone who is available to you and can handle any question that arises legally. That is Willis Spangler Starling Attorneys. They're on Truman Boulevard in Hilliard. Great, great people. Go to their website, willisattorneys.com. You'll see their wide-ranging expertise extends to any avenue of life in which you may encounter legal trouble. Willis Spangler Starling Attorneys. Willis Spangler Starling online at willisattorneys.com. I wonder if uh, they do wills and estate planning. They do. I wonder if some of those whack job teachers that are writing their own obituaries if they have to go back to work or writing their last will and testament if they have to go sit in a classroom with a kindergarten class. Are they writing their wills for them? If they want it to be done right, they'll go to Willis Spangler (laughs) Starling. They absolutely will. Um, So we expect the Big Ten to have some announcement soon because August 7th workouts are supposed to start. NFL Veterans Report. On Thursday, we had uh, actual live uh, playoff hockey last night, Mr. Spielman, and the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, pulled out a tense, scoreless game entering the third period with two goals, the first by Cam Atkinson, the second a, an empty netter by Alexander Wenberg, and they beat the Toronto Maple Leafs 2-0. Corpy gets the shutout. Who? 
Eunice. Where's Bob? Corpusello. Bob is. <laughs> He's not playing I anymore. Know if, I don't know if Bob's team's in the playoffs or not. But uh, Corpy did say after the game, I'm not kidding you, it was fun to play. Yeah. I'm so Bob may be gone, but Bob's signature post game line of it was fun to play is still around, and Corpy is voicing it. <laughs> How was uh, Torts? I did not hear anything from Torts. I watched the end of the game on Fox Sports Ohio. Thank you, YouTube TV, for actually giving me Fox Sports Ohio. <laughs> How were Rims and Jody doing? Uh, Rims and Jody were socially distanced, and wherever they were, they weren't in. They weren't at the game site. They must have been. They at were the, in a studio. That was very difficult to do. Yeah, Good for them. Jody was way over there, and Rims was way over here. Yeah. And they each had two monitors up in front of them. It looks like they had a pretty spacious digs, but you never would have known it because Rims is the ultimate professional. Yeah. You never would have known it from uh, the way it sounded on the air. I didn't see their setup until the game was over, and I would have thought they were right there ringside. So congratulations to the Jackets. Take a 1-0 lead, and you know, hopefully they'll cash this one in and keep on playing. Uh, one guy who will not keep on playing, unfortunately, is Jonathan Isaac of the Orlando Magic. Jonathan Isaac tore his ACL yesterday. Now, otherwise, Jonathan Isaac would not be in the news, and I, he would not be on my radar except that. Jonathan Isaac was the first NBA player to stand for the national anthem mm-hmm. at the NBA uh, bubble games in Orlando and was the first to not wear a Black Lives Matter T-shirt for the national anthem. Uh, Jonathan Isaac is African-American. Jonathan Isaac was is an ordained minister and gave a very eloquent reason for not kneeling and not wearing a BLM T-shirt. At least it's eloquent in my opinion. Here is what he said. Kneeling or wearing a Black Lives Matter t-shirt, you do not have to go hand-in-hand with supporting black lives. Exactly. My life has been supported by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Everyone is made in the image of God, and we all share in his glory. Everything that plagues us as a society, I feel the answer to it is the gospel. So Jonathan Isaac is right on board with uh, my thoughts and Chris's thoughts on the world, and it's uh, sad for me to hear that he tore his ACL on Sunday. But now that I know where the source of his strength comes from, I have no doubt that he yeah. will persevere and handle it. Um, knowing that, the cool God thing, has a purpose in whatever he allowed to happen to him. The cool thing about medicine is that, you know, 20 years ago, 15 years ago, uh, ACLs uh, were looked upon as, oh, man, this is really serious. Career-threatening. Yeah. Now... They look at them like sprained ankles that yeah. take a long time to heal. You they really be, do. Could be back in less than a calendar year. And Mace I, was, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mace was cleared. Really, she was doing so much at, at, at six months. And if it was, uh, but at nine months, she was completely cleared. And I look at her now, and she's so much better and stronger than she was last year that it's, mm-hmm. I don't even recognize it. And so I'm just saying for him, and I'm sure he understands this, and, and obviously his faith would sustain him that you know he's going to be back better and stronger than ever before and then you know you've had guys come back from two acls Derek rose i think at two or three yeah michael red acls michael red so it's it's just you know you just deal with it uh i just texted a what do you call it a source sure since i'm a journalist now and i have trying to, to find a, out how many pack 12 players no, well 13 you did that well done 13 players a group <laughs> potentially hundreds why <laughs> that's embarrassing who ESPN. That? who wrote it let me see let me see who wrote that I'll, anyway I'll just while you're doing that i'm going to say I, I go is the big 10 playing he said nothing released yet they're planning on playing and moving toward a season 
Didn't feel the need to release the schedule yet. Camp starts Friday. So, in other words, they just, I, I think, I really think they're just keep buying time and they'll release it when they have to release it. Adam Rittenberg and Mark Schleyball. Yeah. They're top guys on college football. Yeah. Well, why? <laughs> What do you what do you what are you guys trying? Well, you know trying, the agenda in Bristol. What are you trying? What are you? What are they trying? They're to crafting accomplish? a narrative here. They're a group of Pac-12 from multiple schools. I mean, but is that is that from like three? A, is that what's wrong with that? What's wrong with writing a thirteen players from three different Pac-12 schools? Yeah, you know why you don't write that? Because everybody go, who cares? Yeah, I that's amazing to me though. But isn't that like? Against any journalistic integrity, and so, but I mean, does that you, matter they, anymore? I don't know. I no, mean, you know, it doesn't matter I'm anymore. I'm asking you though. But when you're like a journalist student, or you work, as I'd a be embarrassed to have my name on that story. Would you? I okay. would be. I'd be totally embarrassed. I'd be embarrassed if my editors didn't go, "Hey, nowhere in your story does it say how many players, I wonder, how many schools." I wonder if any in the comments section does that even have a if comment. If I edited section? that story, I'd go, "Hey, how many? How many schools? How many players?" Because that's the only reason I read the entire story was I wanted to know. All right, you, how many in the group? I bet you it doesn't even have a comment section because. Um, I wonder if people. Uh, oh, by the way, here I'll do your work for you. It's thirteen players in three teams. How do they get away with that by using the word potentially hundreds of players? Potentially. I hundreds. doubt that. That's insane. Potentially. You know what? Potentially besides hundreds of players, potentially no more players. Because I bet every player was contacted and and asked if they wanted to put their name on it. And only 13 did. They could write the sentence, potentially, these are the only 13 okay. players with this ridiculous idea that or, they should okay, be paid okay. 50% of the revenue. Potentially, you'll lose your scholarship, and any <laughs> chance that you have of going to school and getting a degree here will be lost. And potentially, you'll lose your chance if you had any dreams of playing after college will be gone. So, I will note that Ivan Mazel did not write that, and Gene Wojciechowski did not write that, because both those guys, I don't believe, would write that. Without putting the number in. I just in. don't understand that. I mean, I do, but I just... You do. You understand it. Yeah, but... 100% you understand it. I, I mean, what happened? Trump, <laughs> or has this always been gone? Trump happened. But why and, is it... Why, why and did, uh, uh, here's what else happened. Why does it seep into sports? Cultural, the creeping descent of culture happened. A degradation of the truth mattering happened. In a society where the phrase, my truth lives, that's what happened. Because yeah. there is, if it's true, only there's only one version that can be true. But when we exist in a society where that's my truth is common parlance, that's what happened. Yeah. We got away from the truth being the truth. Truth is now feelings. Yeah. My feelings, not my truth. That's a good point. My feelings. That's what happened. They should consult Northwestern and see how it worked out for them. Yeah. Uh, reminder, Spiel starts his day with Hemisphere Coffee Roasters Coffee. I need coffee bad. Okay. Maybe take care, take care of that today with a little <laughs> trip to Mechanicsburg. Uh 
Paul, Grace, Andy, uh, they're great partners of the Spielman and Hooley We Tackle Life podcast. Their mission is our mission, which is to spread the gospel throughout the world. But uh, they're not going to inundate you with a gospel message. They're going to inundate you with great coffee. You know, if you're supporting Hemisphere Coffee Roasters, you're getting what you pay for. You're getting the best coffee. Then they have the freedom to do what they want to do with the money, which is give it directly to the growers. And the growers then have the freedom to do what they want to do in their local communities, and they're mission-minded. And so they serve their local communities in many ways that, you know, perpetuate goodness, saving women from human trafficking in Thailand, planting churches in Indonesia. They are uh, also purchasing coffee direct from growers in Ethiopia, soon from Ecuador, Hemisphere Coffee Roasters Coffee is phenomenal. You can get it light, medium, and dark roast, and you can get 15% off when you use yep. the promo code WeTackleLife. It's legit. I Believe me, I would not be able to get this man to my left to say anything nice about any product <laughs> no. if he didn't really use the product and really like no, the product. I, I had to go buy a big-name brand last night because I ran out. Because uh, And Macy wants to take more back to Bowling Green, so does. I think I'll take take a trip with her out there, too. All right, you want to go today, or you want you? I'll go if you want me to go. But if you want to build time into your schedule to go into the real hinterlands, <laughs> they would love to see you. I am sure. I always thought Mechanicsburg, like the only thing I would see there is drive through that town and see like auto body garages and well, stuff. You can go out there, and uh, who's the young man that's uh, wrestling at Ohio State from Mechanicsburg? He was a multi sports star. All right, I'll, the Berg. We used to the Berg used to be a rival. I'll West text Liberty you if Salem. you don't block. If you unblock me, I'll, 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 I'll have to unblock you. So on my I can phone communicate. So what do you think? Through. I'm one of your Twitter followers. Yeah, I have a friend of shows texting me during the show, and I won't identify him because I don't want to, you know, bring the wrath of people who don't like me on him but he said uh, good morning bruce i heard something that hit hard jesus doesn't pick people for who they are but for the people that they can become that's a very good uh way to start my day is to remember that uh my potential is revealed to me uh by jesus christ through prayer through scriptural reading through contemplation through all the ways that i quiet the normal pace of my life and give god a chance to send truth not some feeling uh, into my mind. Yes, uh, we are now in the faith portion of the podcast. And uh, so? So, I heard this in church yesterday. Mm -hmm. And yes, I'm still going to church in person. Um, and it really hit home. And I think that leaders need to listen to this. So... If the leader of this state is listening and other leaders of this state are listening, or if you hear of this, uh, or those that are fighting for truth, real truth, and fighting for the people that are going to be afflicted if they disrupt, take away schools and uh, sports, and the damage that will be done by that is going to be out of control. But nobody seems to be concerned because... We have teachers writing obituaries for themselves. God, that's so annoying. Mm -hmm. For I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Jesus Christ our Lord. That's a very popular uh, verse. Two verses, two Romans, verses, Romans 38 and Romans 39. Romans 8, 38 and 39. And when you when you think about that, that that's so comforting, mm. right? 
And we talked about people white knuckling on to life. We talked about the Monsignor Pope writing an article talking about we're so willing to sacrifice our spiritual life for our physical life. That's dangerous as a Christian to do that. Our physical health, I guess, for our spiritual health. And when you talk about that, there's nothing that once you're in, you're in. Like not nothing, no depth, no angels, demons, nothing will ever separate you. So you're sealed basically. And so go forth with great confidence out there that nothing will ever separate you. Now you might want to separate yourself from God or Christ, but He ain't separating from you. You're in. You're in the group. Yeah, it's just uh, so comforting to me. And it used to really, I kind of wondered, like, well, is that a good thing? When I would read, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I thought, well, you know, I'm conditioned as a human that, uh, and, you know, as a sports person, you, you can't stay the same. you got to be getting better. you got to be striving to get better. But God's character is not our character. You know, we're, we're as James, the book of James says, we're tossed like waves of the sea. You know, our faithfulness waxes and wanes. Um, but God is always faithful. And that's, getting back to the word truth, that's why you know God is true, is because what he stands for, perfect holiness, it never changes. His standard never changes. His opportunity to cleanse yourself of your sin and be reconciled to him and find yourself in that position that Chris talked about with Romans 8 and 39, that never changes. You claim what Jesus did. He's What he did, live a sinless life, provide atonement, provide payment for our sins, that never changes. That's always there. It's always there for you to claim. He never says no to you. He never says to you, well, you know, last week uh, you I would have accepted you, but this week, no, because you've Whatever you did in the last week, I just can't stomach it. There's no thing that you can do to find yourself outside the bounds of God's ability to forgive it and restore you. That's just such a powerful truth. Or separate you. Know, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I want to share uh, from Proverbs 2. You know, I read a chapter of Proverbs every day. Uh, yesterday was the 2nd of August. So uh, let me read this uh, to you. For the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He holds victory in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless, for he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. That's encouraging. Yeah, and, and again, a lot of God's, God looks at things differently than we do. God doesn't look at the temporal of this life as all that matters in your life. You can say, well, how could Chris agree with that verse given what uh, cancer did taking Stephanie away? Because he has an eternal perspective, and Steph had an eternal perspective. And one of the things that, Chris, I have thought of many, many times over the years is when Stephanie's physical condition got to the point where the fight, she just, I think she said to you, I'm, I'm just tired. Yeah. Well, and you toward the end, yeah. yeah, very much toward the end. But and you had a very uh, deep and meaningful conversation with her, and she said something to the effect of, "You can't scare me with heaven." I'm not afraid of dying. Yeah, I'm not afraid of. I'm uh, uh, I'm I'm not afraid to to go what I say where I say I'm going. Um, the only thing that was 
she was scared of was leaving young children behind, mm -hmm. which is certainly understandable. Um, but I think, you know, once she knew that I could manage the situation, that gave her the freedom to go home, so which was, you know, uh, peaceful for her, I guess, for lack of a a better term than peaceful. But it just, you know, I think, yeah, it it wasn't like she wasn't sad that she was dying, which was remarkable. Well, and, and so I, that's which has kind of inspired me. And her biggest thing was that you got to, you know, videotape when she was healthy. She made the kids knowing that one day she was going to die and that she probably wasn't going to see them grow up, but she had the wisdom and knowledge and insight to make this videotape. It was to constantly tell them, you need to live. You need to move forward. You don't use my death as an excuse for anything, but motivation for everything that you do. And, and don't. And, and that's why I think I take this a little personal, more personally than I should, and I apologize for that. But when I see or read stories of teachers writing their obituaries, you have no idea how insulting that is. You have no idea what that what that says. You have no idea of um, how selfish that is of you to do that. And when there's you know when everything does not point that way, and to put that on and try to guilt uh, me or Bruce or a guy like Jeff Hardings or I, 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 I believe John Husted wants things to get back to normal as quick. Guys like that, that's insulting to uh, people that have to write obituaries when they truly are dying. So your selfishness uh, to me uh, is amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Well, you use the word peace, that Stephanie had peace, and peace is um, not ultimately what occurs between nations or between people in relationships. Peace is a state of mind that anyone can get when they are reconciled to Christ and they know with certainty that their uh, eternal future is provided for, sealed, as Chris said, and... Um, there are many years of my life where I did not have that peace, and I wondered where my destiny would be ultimately. Um, and it's never too late. I grew up in a Christian home and didn't really gain that peace until I invested in finding out in the Bible how do other people find that peace. That was when I was past 40 years of age. I regret that I spent 40 years not having the relationship with God that I have now, and honestly... Uh, even after I got it at age 40, it, there were periods of time where it waned, mm -hmm. and I feel that I've regained it here in my 50s, what's left of them. <laughs> and, uh, you know, this podcast helps. Your emails help. Chasing Chris's, a horse around in the Chris's grass. Chris's counsel helps. We're always growing. You don't reach a point where you're perfect and where you stop investing because God wants to deepen his relationship with you every day. So we wish that for you. We hope that for you. We pray that for you. And we appreciate you availing yourself of uh, the faith portion of the podcast as we try to just flesh it out for you. Yep. As we live as husbands and fathers and uh, 
We don't have all the answers, but we're certainly about discovering more of them, and we're hoping we can help you do that too. Everybody wants to go to heaven. Nobody wants to die to get there. I'm willing to die to get there. (laughs) Everybody have a great day. We'll talk to you soon.